What it do, what it did, what it does, young bloods. You are now tuned in to episode 86 of Not Politically Correct. Um, that motherfucker TS is with God again today. Um, I, I, I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. He just told us he got caught up. So, uh, shout he's out with to Poseidon. TS. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, I do go ahead and rapture and not tell us. Right. <laughs> Dude left us on what? That's crazy. Um, like, you guys are on I'm your not own. supposed to be here. What? Right? <laughs> he said, I'm not supposed to. Be. <laughs> Somebody got some shit wrong. I need to get my papers together. Um, so we are now at episode 86, though, uh, with no TS today, but you know, you still have, it's your boy, Real McCoy, AKA Mr. What It Do, AKA Young Splash God, AKA No Cap Charlie, AKA Smooth Job Johnny, AKA Dope Dub Danny, AKA FBI Mike, AKA Hip Hop Harry, AKA Hallway Jones, because your bitch got me as her motherfucking ringtone. You know how that go. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at, uh, Real McCoy KPZ on Twitter. I will be there all the time. And then you can find me sometimes, you know, on the young Snapchat at Rim McCoy Rebel. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Cody? Nope. Oh, hi, hi I'm Cody. <laughs> no, um, he's not Cody. He said no. <laughs> um, see no more KPZ and all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Better near there. He's bad, Jody, to a Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> You know I'm confused. <laughs> you know I'm Confucius. <laughs> Confucius uh, say Russell. <laughs> the barman, a.k.a. Teddy Russ, a.k.a. Smooth Fingers, a.k.a. Kid Universal, a.k.a. School Wars Q, a.k.a. The Progenitor, a.k.a. Russell Butters. Sinister. You can find me on the chattiest of snaps as chattiest snap chattiest, and then on IG at Candy Computer DC and the ID underscore. Why you sound like you was? Dude, I don't know. The way he came in sounded like a Motown record or some shit. Like, <laughs> right. I was like, <laughs> no, I was, tra- I was trying to go for like a less town. <laughs> a less town. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, is Diana Ross here? Is that the guest for today? Damn, T.S. Nice switch Why out. am I always a girl? Uh, like, hey, Daniel Ross. <laughs> Just sing that right. one. Right. Oh, they are. Fine, fine. <laughs> Dana. Put some bass in your voice. Right. Dana Ross. That could be, that's a whole Dana. unisex name or a whole, um. Androgynous, I guess. Whatever you unisex would say. when you have sex one time. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay. TS missed a good episode. I can, I can feel this happening in my bones. Um. So, um, you can find us. I don't on want to Facebook. feel anything. Well, Reginald, if that's your real name. Right. Exactly. <laughs> if that's your Asian name, tell us what it is. Um. But you can find us on Facebook at Not Politically Correct Podcast. Uh, you can join that Facebook group. Um, and be kept up on all the newest, uh, latest biz with the kids. You feel me? Um, you can like our page at uh, NPC Podcast. That's the Facebook page where you like and, you know, it'll, um, get us, you know, better numbers and all that good shit. It'll make us look popular. Who, you know, that that type of thing. Um, on, tw- on Twitter. The number of the day is three. <laughs> Five star. Right. <laughs> Five star chicken. That's a fine uh, Shout out Yo Gotti. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Not PC Podcast. Um. I don't want us to shout out Yo Gotti ever again. Got it. No <laughs> shouts to Yo Gotti. Only Juicy J. Shut up, my God. Um, and then you. Can... my Gotti? Right. <laughs> Yo Gotti, my Gotti, our Gotti. Hey, he Gotti. Gotti, she Gotti, they Gotti. Whoa. 
Um, man, in the name of the Son, the Father, God, of right. your God. <laughs> um, and you can listen to us on SoundCloud, the podcast app on your iPhone, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, all of that in one day. One day we shall be free, and you will hear us on Tidal as well. But in the meantime, in between time, go to anything that you can listen to stuff on and just type in uh, Not Politically Correct Podcast, and we will come up, and you should, you know, like us. <laughs> we'll knock on your door. We'll come up. <laughs> Make sure you turn that up. I'm going to knock on your door. <laughs> We've been waiting for you to subscribe right. and rate us. <laughs> Niggas and company need to. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, go on there. You know, give us a couple of ratings, as they said, and you can, you know, tell us how good we are, how bad we are. We'll read it. We probably won't pay attention, but I promise you somebody will read it in the group and then tell the rest of the group because only one of us is going to read it. Um, so there's that. <laughs> so and on that note, sports, sports. <laughs> okay. And we're out of time. <laughs> Danny, Dan, Emily Ross. I don't know. Five, I thought you were going to say Danny right. Loki. I was like, damn, I'm not that good. The Nibu <laughs> National Ballers Association. I was like, is this a French sport? Nibba. I'm like, I'm Myself. like, who is this? <laughs> right. Uh, Hold off. So, we got uh, uh, schedules released. Uh, Christmas Day, we got uh, Zion does his Christmas Day view, which is supposed to be news or something like that. Like, it's technically, like, first year. I mean, not really, but, well, you know. Well, because he, he was out last year? Or right. Well, half year? of, yeah. Um, Steph Curry versus Giannis. Giannis. Uh, KD and Kyrie versus Celtics so you know a whole bunch to look forward to on Christmas Day instead of you know being with your family because yay I'm just kidding uh, <laughs> Lebron Jamison uh, signed a w- yeah. wicked 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 good contract for himself um, where was that number it was like 95 million I, I thought it was it's 85 80, or yeah. no? Actually, yeah, you're right. Eighty-five point yeah. seven million dollar extension for two years. Yep. And then somebody had to wait. Uh, had a little image where they broke that down. How much money is he making per hour? Per hour is four thousand eight hundred and ninety-one dollars. Damn, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Giannis actually said, "The day I would be the best player in the world, I will step forward and say it. At this moment, the best is LeBron James." So kudos to that for recognition. Another uh, um, contract for the Lakers was Anthony Davis, $190 million for five years. Okay, all right. So they seem determined to get in back-to-back rings, it seems like. Um, they uh, both became or are in, in now a group of four total Laker players ever to sign $100 million contracts. The other two was Kobe, Kobe in 2004. He got $136.4 million, and Shaq in 96 got $121 million. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it looked like they are the second coming of uh, Shaq and Kobe in terms of the Laker dynasty. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, like two, two big men instead of just one, and they're both good at shooting two. 
would you call LeBron um, a big man? I would think so. You think he's small and tiny? No, well, see, when you say big man, I'm like, <laughs> I, <laughs> pause, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> I usually, when I think big man, I'm thinking like uh, people who would p- play either center or power forward and uh, be like a like, certain height. But Yeah. I mean, he's 6'10", I think, and he's muscular. I'm sure we're saying that way, but oh, in the okay, essence cool. of when you call out a big man in, in basketball, I think you're correct. Okay. Where okay. Anthony Davis would be the big man. Right, right, right. But no, I feel what you're saying. Though. So, I mean, like, if you take away basketball, physically, he's a big ass motherfucker. So, damn, he's 6'10? Yes. Okay. I, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Alexa, yeah. how tall is LeBron James? <laughs> LeBron James. James is 6'9 inches tall. Oh, round up. Round, round right. up, bitch. <laughs> Get me right. Round up, Seven foot, eight foot. Right, right. Dude, now with his. Wayne's like hair falling out. He's probably like six foot, seven foot, eight foot, nine foot, ten foot, eleven foot. Okay. Wait, he's getting t- what the fuck? I was no, 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 no. That's was him thinking. rapping. That's him rapping. Not getting taller. Okay, okay, okay. He's, he's a midget. I am not. Screw you, T.S. Anywho, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, speaking of contracts, Chris Middleton says um, for Antis. Yeah, on to Santa. You know who that guy is. Uh, right, the tall he says, he, that other big man. Right, uh, exactly. He says, quote, knows I, Giannis knows I deeply want him to return and sign a five-year Supermax deal, which that uh, decision should be coming within the next two to three weeks or so. Oh, we'll see. I know a lot of teams are trying to see what they can do to get Giannis, um, but I doubt he's going anywhere. We'll see. But also speaking of Bucks stuff, um, Andrew Bogut retired after f- uh, 15 years in the league. Uh, the, he was on the Bucks for a good amount. Yeah, um, he drafted him. Yeah, and he uh, won a ring with, in uh, 2015 with the Warriors. Nice. And he put another shrimp on the bobby because he's from Australia. Right, right, right. So there's you can laugh now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You ever seen that video? You ever seen that video of fucking uh, what's the dude's name? Um, Riff Raff, where he has the, like the um, Ugh. the sharp uh, grill. Riff Raff. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says, um, he was like, my one. He has the 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 sharp teeth uh, grilling, and he goes, my one goal in life is to get rich and act like I don't know nobody. Ha ha ha! That's shit. That's yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's a funny motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the Rockets trade Westbrook oh. to the Wizards for John Wall and a first round pick. That is crazy. Um, actually, Westbrook was it? looking to get out of there, though, right? Who? What? Uh, John you said Wall? Westbrook? Yeah. John Wall. I would. I don't know, but I would assume so. I mean, he's been with the Wizards since I think he got drafted in 2011. I want to say. Yeah, he's been there 10 years. Um, he and he got. He's always, he's always been. He's always been with the Wizards. Um, mm-hmm. He now the thing about this is, I he wanted to get out. He wanted he he wanted out. Um, not uh, just because I think there was some shit going on with um, management or whatever. He just felt like. Um. He wasn't being appreciated or whatever, but he has a lot of love for the city of D.C. He even wrote them like a really, really um, heartfelt note. And um, my my whole thing about this particular trade is, for one, I'm a I'm a Rockets fan because I'm a Harden fan. So the Rockets is my other team. 
The Rockets are my other team that I would like to see. You know, they're my team in in the West that I really you know want to see do do well. Um, and I also have a lot of respect for Westbrook, what he's done, how he held down Oklahoma City, and I don't want this to become a thing where Westbrook Brook keeps getting passed around or ending up. Well, that's what I want to bring up too. Um, I read somewhere, and I'm trying to find it, but basically said that Westbrook is the only player in NBA history that has won an MVP. One of his MVP or back-to-back MVP, something like that. I forget what it said, but uh, that has, I think it was an MVP to also get traded back-to-back seasons. Really? Is what it said. And mm-hmm. that like is very an alarming thing of like, hello, yeah. you are not like a player that can get a ring if this is the stats that you bring. Like, you are a good basketball player individually. If you want to play one-on-one on the courts, okay, but you're not a good team player. You're not going to get a ring because you're selfish. Oh. first nba mvp to be traded in consecutive off seasons that's what it says there wow that's crazy i didn't even know that first of all i didn't even know he had one in mvp so that's that's good second, second yeah, the off, same year he got that uh that triple double, double uh, record yeah okay that makes sense that he stat padded yeah here we go um so and he also wrote a uh, well-felt letter to the city of Houston, which I don't know why, because you were there for a few months. That's not like John Wall, who's been for a team for a decade. Wait, a few months? He was there. He was there all season last year, right? Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And Corona, and it was like a season, and get over it, because last year well, I wasn't with them. So that's the same thing that happened to um, Chris Paul. He was only with Oklahoma last season, and then he... that's different. Chris Paul's a good guy. All right, leave him alone. <laughs> Why do you wait? Why do you hate Westbrook so much? <laughs> I'm just he. I kind of. I don't like his pants, I, man. I don't like his pants. Hey, hey, he dresses like Cam Newton. No, I'm just kidding. He actually dresses like Young Thug, low key. <laughs> like a girl. Okay, so I don't know. He's 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 a good player, and I used to like him a lot. But he's just he doesn't understand that what he's doing and continues to do is wrong. What is he doing though? He's, he's, he's all about like, he's like, he's like, my motive is, you know, to get a ring and help like a team, you know, get a championship and I'm so good and I'm going to help this team because I'm so good. And then he's all, give me the ball and I'm just going to try to like, no, there's a, a team at the team. Like you're not doing shit for the team. You're just trying to help yourself or like be greedy and like, it's just, he's not a good team player. Well, I'm very into, well, no, only reason, and I'm not trying to be like, back him. I'm not gonna be like, you know, I'm, I'm really asking where are you getting this information or like, where, like, th- this seems like a somewhat, it feels like a misguided narrative of some sort because. Well, it's, it's biased, so I would agree with you. Well, only. Be- <laughs> oh, see, and the reason I'm. You're not gonna insult or hurt my feelings. Like, um, yeah, because right. only, be- only because when KD left Oklahoma City, it was a really. A lot was on his back, and I'm always again. I don't play in the NBA. I've never played basketball against this man. I never even really watched out of his interviews, or you know, definitely haven't spoken to him on a one-on-one basis. So I don't know what type of person he is, but I just feel like a shitty one. Um, I just <laughs> <laughs> I fucked up. Um, I just feel like um he 
He's Adam, the kind of guy that puts milk in his bowl and then cereal. Oh yeah, no, Ugh. get him, get him out of here, get him out of here. <laughs> they did, you did the right thing, Houston. You did the right thing. You don't want that guy. You around. sick, twisted man. You don't want that guy around. Um, no, but I just felt like uh, he's been about leading a team or like leadership and like trying to like make a team work. I, I don't. He don't. He doesn't seem selfish to me. He seems um, pretty focused on making a team good, being worried about a, a team dynamic, you know what I mean? Like, he was, he always seems, the people he play with, too, he always seems like he's really, um, pushes them to try to be good or try to be better. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um. Well, here's, this, it, to me, it's like, if I'm, there's four of us on NPC. If, if I want us to be great, and I think we're the best, like, I'm going to tell everybody to listen to us. But then I don't stop talking and don't let you guys get a word in, and I never shut up. So then you guys can't contribute or help or it's not, there's no banter jokes going around or anything like that. Right. That's not a good podcast. My motives were one intention, but then what I'm doing is another thing, you know? Right. Okay. Okay. I mean, uh, well, I guess for me, uh, time will tell. And I hope that Russell, well, I do hope that he wins a ring. Um, just because of the shit that he went through in OKC. Um, with, you know, KD leaving and all that good, that jazz, whatever. I do really hope that, uh, Westbrook wins a ring. I really wish he would have stayed with Houston. I don't know why they did why they did that. Maybe, but hey, shout out Houston because now they got Boogie and um, John Wall, who played in college together, which I didn't know. So, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times he brings too much emotion to the game as far as the business side, and that's not a good look for him. Westbrook, um, that's right too. Uh, yeah, Westbrook. Um, because, you know, on the court, yeah, you want passion, you want, you know, fire, you want the willpower and everything like that. But off the court, drama you, you got to realize it's a, it's, it's, it's a business and you got to maintain the image in order to um, promote and further your business. As Cody said, a, a lot of the things that he seems to say and do are not conducive for a team. Um, and it looks like he's just promoting himself type of thing. I felt the same way kind of with KD. Um mm-hmm. But in a different manner, because Teddy wasn't necessarily as emotional um, as Westbrook is, but he was fairly um, sarcastic and, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, basically not a, not a good dude um, as far as his look, his look went. Um, but you can't, you know, argue either of their work ethic, and that's what is kind of keeping them in the game, in my right. opinion. That's what keep, continues to make them valuable. But it's like um, a couple of players from the NFL, how, you know, they have the the the, um, the caliber of play and they have the, the ability to basically go anywhere. But a lot of coaches and managers and even the people that support them are not going to continue to do so if their attitude off the field and court is the way it is now. And a lot of people have been benched and fired because of that. So that's something you got to a- take into account. A-B-L-T-Y, that's for ability. <laughs> <laughs> ability. I, uh, so, Russell, because I agree with everything you're saying, would you uh, agree saying that they're, because obviously like they're great basketball players, good work ethic, good talent, but they bring what they bring along with them is that they're drama queens? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even Jordan kind of had to learn his place with the team. Um, and, you know, kudos to him for learning that place and building the team. 
Uh, of course, you you know, people know who the superstar is. They're going to attribute that um, that that label to whoever is the actual superstar. Uh, people are kind of innate with that who they choose. Um, but what I like about Giannis is that he's not puffing himself up. Um, even LeBron James is not necessarily puffing himself up. He's still the same dude, goofy, enjoys the team, but he's a businessman. Yeah. So he's building the team to, um, for wherever he is, to create the best team to go forward as, as far as they can. Um, and I think Westbrook and Katie both have that um, capability, but there's a lot of things personality-wise that really holds them back from making those business um, deals and, and ventures that would really help them um, achieve what they're try- we're trying to achieve. Can I can I ask you this, Russ? What would you would you no. say? No. St- <laughs> ah, um, would you say Steph Curry? Would you say like? Um, and again, we we saw a lot of this is be outside looking in, but would you mm-hmm. say based upon you know the explanation you and, and and the way you just def- kind of define you know Westbrook and uh, those other guys and KD and stuff? Would you say Steph Curry is um, good at um, bringing the right personality to? the business side of it or to the game? I think he's a good role model as far as his humble attitude for the most part. Um, and, you know, his, his the way he he doesn't necessarily force his beliefs on people, um, I think he's a good role model in that regard. I think he's a great player. Um, I think, honestly, he's a little soft as far as a superstar. <laughs> um, but, like, just as far as his presence, like, of course, he can shoot, and, you know, he has great ability and whatnot, but I think as far as, like, because you want kind of a balance between him and, say, KD. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you want somebody who, who's... who's so, um, like, fairly like articulate. LeBron but, and Giannis are good players. They're um, really nice, do a lot for the community, funny, but they can both do that mean mug and that insert that dominance, and we don't see Steph with that mean mug type of thing. Yeah. I don't see Steph Curry as a dominant type of player. Okay. I see him as someone who could put up big numbers, but I don't see him as a really dominant type of player um, on offense or defense. Like, he doesn't have that much presence. Um, when they initially had the team together, uh, uh, you know, him, Draymond, yeah. um, I would say um, that he was still kind of softer. Like, it, it was, it's, it's just something about his... I guess innate personality that doesn't really drive him as a dominant force to make him like the superstar of that team. Uh, I think it wasn't until KD got with them that they really had like a superstar on the team. Um, as far as just presence, not not necessarily ability, because they all can play. That's what the, the the realm of the NBA is. It's a sport where you take the best of the best and pit them against each other in sort of this gladiator type of uh, spectacle. Right. But as far as like that that superstar thing that I that I that ideal, um, I don't think Curry has shown it. Could he possibly? Um, I think he could possibly get to that point. Um, but I, you know, as a as a franchise, are you willing to wait for that? You know what I mean? Right. Well, that's what I was gonna bring up next. Was you know, Golden State obviously had a huge run and they, mm-hmm. they seemed like the unstoppable team or it was like, yeah. it was always what team is going to play the Warriors in the finals. Right. Do you guys think that we'll see the Warriors anytime soon again in the finals or going up higher in the playoffs or is their time kind of done? Oh, that I think about that often. Um, 
for some for some odd reason because we just I because the Warriors came out of nowhere for me personally as mm-hmm. a, as a as a as a sports fan. I looked up and all of a sudden there was Steph Curry and it was Clay Thompson and they like they were dominating um like you know a couple mm-hmm. years ago and um so for me I wonder because I think Steph and Clay and the the if root, you know the what root, it means. they are still there and they are the ones that made it what it was originally KD had to fold into that so mm-hmm. it's possible but also too in the beginning Nobody expected them to do that. And I think they kind of mm-hmm. came out of left field, thus that little bit of, you know, surprise element, like you motherfuckers are going to, like, not, you, you you aren't giving us our credit or you aren't going to expect it. You aren't, you know, you, you're, what's the word I'm looking for? You aren't, um, um, I don't know what word I'm trying to find right now, but it's basically you weren't, you weren't, aren't playing me like you should because you don't expect me to be this, you know, of my skill set to be this great. Underrated? So, right, right. They're like people underrating him or like like passing him off or like look overlooking them mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they Under, underestimate him. Under, thank yeah. you. Underm- the there we go. I was like, underrating sounds close, but it doesn't hit the spot. Like it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so yeah. Just call you like School Wars Q or something. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man. Um, but yeah, so people underestimated him and I think that that made for them to kind of be able to come out early, you know, 2010s or mid-2010s and really, like, take over shit because no one was expecting that from that team. So it's possible, but all this, but but there are new players in the game. There are people are aware that Clay and Steph and Jermon are, like, crazy as a, you know, as, a, as they are. So um, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it being dominant how it was the last five years, but I do see – I could see them as them being a contender – once everybody's healthy again, because they're still great, great players and they're still fairly young. They're not. None of them are over what thirty three. I don't think. I feel like the biggest thing or thought is like they, you know, like five, for five years they were like running it. Now people mm-hmm. are like, they're obviously like the players and stuff for franchises are. I don't say sick of it, but it's like they've looked at. Okay, well they're good at doing this. They're good at doing that. What are they weak on? How can we stop yeah. them from doing what they're good at? Kind of thing. Well. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this in in that idea of can they come back? Look at look at Kobe and the Lakers, where they were in the beginning of the 2000s. Best. Best. No. But, no. Try try someone else. Okay. <laughs> There's <laughs> no kryptonite. Look at how you had Kobe, and and superstar Shaq, you know, dominating the you know early part of the 2000s. Shaq left when the superstars left. You know, KD leaves or whatever, and you, but you still got the root. The, the the root of that, which is Kobe, was a great player. You still, so we still have those superstar talents in 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 Clay and Steph and whatever. And so it might take a few years, but I think that they have another potential, not not necessarily run, but I think that they have the elements to still be one of the top teams in the West as soon as everybody gets healthy because they still it's yeah. still key players there. You know, we can't count out Steph and. and and Clay, like they're really, they're really superstars, man. So and they have a good coach in Steve Kerr. Yeah, for sure. Like he's smart and oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So. Do you want to add anything to that, Russ, or should I go into football? Um. Well, if if we're honest, um, <laughs> there's a lot of ifs there. Um, if everybody returns healthy, um, if they can get back into the rhythm, if this, if that, um, I honestly think that 
well, you know, anything is possible. <laughs> is it likely? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I think the thing, like you said, McCoy, that really worked to their advantage is the surprise. And it was a surprise um, with every game because they they beat one team and everybody was like, oh, yo, like the Warriors surprised everybody. They did this, da 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 And then it was another game, and then it was another game, and then it was another game. And all of a sudden they were a force and everybody's like, yo, y'all need to watch out for the Warriors. And they won it. And then they, you know, tried to come back the second time, it, to the point where it shocked the world so much that KD left his team that he had a good chemistry with <laughs> to join them. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how shocked. Like, I'm sick of y'all. It's this, you know, it's this Russell Westbrook that's bringing me down. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it is, and, you know, it shocked the world to the point where people were vying to get onto the thing. Um, currently, with people being injured, um, and even the play style that they currently have is different. Um, I think there would be. There would, there would need to be a total um, revision and revitalization of their camp period, um, maybe a new coaching style um, to kind of get them out of the, the what they're in. But I do need think they need some fresh people in there um, just to change how they play up because right now kind of everybody knows their game and it's working against them. Yeah. And I forget who – I wish I would have – so they, they were doing some trades too recently and I forget what they did. So I'm sure it's probably something to our advantage of what we're talking about too. Yeah. I, that was a good, that's a really good question, Cody. Cause I, um, I really, um, I think about that often because I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm big on like, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm big on like people who haven't had the chance getting it, you know, like the Browns, this, the Browns mm-hmm. this year, they're doing good, and I would love for you, them to win the Super Bowl. I would love you for root them. for the underdog. Yeah, I, yeah, because yeah. I hate I hate dynasties. I mean, it's cool to get like some back to back shit once or twice. <laughs> so wait, wait, hate. if the Bucks and, and the Rockets like for the next ten years switch off getting championships, or, you know, are you gonna be like this is stupid? I'm I'm now I'm a Celtics fan now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. You really? Yeah, honestly, I would I would like. I you're like the opposite every... of a bandwagon fan. You're wishwashing little. No, no I just don't like. I don't like people to dominate for too long. You know, like what's the no, what's it. the point of of having one team, the same five teams being the ones win? I hate the Patriots. That's why people what hate be... the Yankees. Yeah, and the yeah, Patriots. What, yes, because why? What's the? I, there's a league of 31 teams, and it's teams who have never even been mm-hmm. in the finals. Never Not been to the final. You know what I mean? So they should they should get good because they right. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland. I, I like winners. That's that's what I do in, in games. I win. So if I can win for a long time, that means y'all suck. I All I do is win, right. win, no. lose, win. No, it's and I five think and two. It's but 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 also too in the sense of you know a lot of that deals with management and, and that type of thing. And but if you if you are like say like the Lakers or the Yankees and you keep winning, that means you now have money and revenue to be able to pull the big moves to stay good. The Lakers have rarely rarely been bad. In their existence, but reason being is the market that they're in allowed for them to, you know, you have money to sign, do things when people are like free agents and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like we can it's only always do, like the Bucks. The world's <clears throat> sorry, go on. No, I was just gonna say it's like the Bucks. The Bucks, you know, have to make sure that we have room and shit and space to get Giannis the pieces and also to keep Giannis. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. That is another thing that's it's it's for me. Um, again, I hate dynasties because once you become one, especially if you're in the right market, you can 
use that to your advantage to stay good. So speaking of Jay Z albums, <laughs> the <laughs> dynasty. Right. No, I uh, I think the, the money thing is a huge part of it too, because um, Milwaukee is one of the poorer teams in the NBA. I mean, we're a small town too, and so like that, we got to work for it. We and it'd be like throughout the years of getting good players and trading. Like we would do that a lot to like. Ray Allen, we got Ray Allen. He's great, and then so we <laughs> trade him. But it's like in order to get more players or more money for what we have, it's kind of like upselling or whatnot. But um, the Lakers, you know, I was gonna say it's, it's like the world stops every whenever it's a year that they don't even make the playoffs, which does not happen often. But it's like everyone's always in awe, you know? Right? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, um, the nipple. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Lions fire uh, their head coach Matt Patricia and general manager Bob Quinn. Um, people were kind of like really irritated because um, Jim Caldwell, their last coach, um, he got fired uh, pretty quick early on, but like had a good or decent record for the Lions. And but Bob Quinn was, I mean, uh, Matt Patricia was just terrible like they had them kept them on like a lot longer than they should have because the lions kept losing and stuff so we'll see what the what they do now and stuff but um packers um they won sunday night football against the bears 41 to 25 there's a lot going on here um (laughs) chicago's fifth straight loss um which in the early on in the season uh, they were like Tied for first in the NFC or yep, uh, NFC North, and now yeah they're real yeah let's see. but uh let's see Devonte Adams' 500th catch of his career happened and he became the fifth Packers player to reach that mark. Rodgers became the 11th quarterback to reach 50,000 passing yards Wait, and does it the 11th Packer quarterback or like quarterback in history. Um, in history. Oh, nice. Oh, no. Don't so he became the yeah, 11th quarterback in history to reach 50,000 passing yards and does it in 192 games, the fourth fewest games needed. Damn. Damn. Rod- Rodgers has a uh, fifth game this season with four touchdown passes and seventh season of 30 touchdown passes tied for fourth most in the NFL. Um, and that's the big question now is, is this going to be a season for Rogers third MVP because of the numbers that he's putting up in the wins and stuff like that. So let's keep an eye out for them. Does anybody outside of the quarterback win MVP ever? (laughs) Yeah. Rarely, but yeah. That's one thing I hate about fucking football, man. It's always attention is always yeah. on the fucking quarterback, dude. Like what they're about not, they're not the team. But yeah. Mm. But hey. What do I know? <laughs> <clears throat> you know about music. So speaking of Packers, they have a really big fan named Lil Wayne. Uh, oh. and and Lil Wayne has <laughs> No, the keep uh, going, keep going, keep going. I'm just trying to interrupt it. Lil Wayne has <laughs> an album, kind of, called No Ceilings 3. <laughs> Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Cody. It's a really good transition. Um, Stadiums don't have ceilings. Ah! Ah! 
next next mixtape is no dome for you. <laughs> no dome for oh I don't, I don't know. I don't want to live in that world. Um <laughs> so yes, um Little Wayne. Drop no ceiling. Oh before we get into that. Um Damn it, of, every wait, time. no 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 wait, 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 wait. One of Lil Wayne's we're gonna stay on the topic of Lil Wayne, but one of Lil Wayne's inspirations, uh Jay Z, his birthday was yesterday, December fourth. Um, we were recording on the 5th. And before I start my uh, uh, Lil Wayne, um, before I bring up Lil Wayne, I just want to say um, shout out to Sean Carter. He turned, I believe, 51 yesterday. And a lot of stuff, a lot of people were asking questions about what's your favorite Jay-Z album and or song. Um, and so... We can, I can post this in the group. I just kind of want to see, you know, get y'all participation. Uh, Charles, when you hear this, or Donovan, you know, YBO slash NPC Donnie. Um, all of those, uh, you know, some of our big-time listeners. I want to know, what are y'all favorite Jay-Z albums? And, Miami. And um, <laughs> favorite Jay-Z record. Oftentimes, <clears throat> as a hip-hop head, um, I feel a little... Little, little, get a little, get a little weird, cause you know I don't get weird about a lot of shit, but I like, I like hip hop, and I like, you know, feeling, and I, I would call myself a hip hop head or a connoisseur, if you will, and so knowing that my favorite Jay Z albums are uh, kind of like a triple threat, or actually a four way match, fatal four way match <laughs> between um, Blueprint Three. Volume one, which is historically his most his least <laughs> liked album, volume one. But even though I can't recite it like front to back, it has some really solid songs on there. Um, some really solid stuff on that on that motherfucking album, and I think it's overlooked. Hey, wait, a lot. wait, it's it's got some <laughs> it's got some dingers on there and some bangers because they're just little nice. Has <laughs> <laughs> some zingers on there because they pack a fucking punch, man. Um. <clears throat> But okay, 1942 Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Zoinks. Um, no, but I those two albums are my favorite. Uh also American Gangster and um Watch the Throne, even though it's a joint album. I still think that's one of his best bodies of work. So my favorite Jay-Z song, <laughs> oddly enough, is not even a Jay-Z song. Uh my favorite Jay-Z song is Actually, and then a Jay Electronica song featuring negative, <laughs> negative because all of those Jay Electronica songs are Jay Electronica songs. Um, it's actually called Anything, it's actually called Anything, and it's off of oops, it's off of Benny Siegel's uh, The Truth album. It's actually a, a track from that album, which I never understood. Um, because it's not Benny Siegel's not on that track at all. But it's a bonus track, track 14 on a 13-track album. That's Beanie Seals' album. And then track 14. And they did a whole music video for this shit and everything in promotion of Beanie Seals' album. <laughs> but that's my favorite Jay-Z song, and those are my favorite Jay-Z albums. Um, Cody, you want to just give me your favorite Jay-Z album? Favorite uh, Jay-Z CD album? recording every... Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what? My favorite Jay-Z Twitter is... <laughs> <laughs> I know he tweeted me. Oh, it's all over. Um, so I grew up with like the longest time with the Black Album was my favorite album 
and then it was it was a uh, like last fall when I was like let me like re-listen to like his whole discography again and I just forgot about how much I how uh, great um blueprint is and I can't remember the last time I listened to the black album um because I keep bouncing the blueprint now but um I think I think 444 also does not get enough credit as it should because that's a really good one but blueprint and black album are my favorites any of your favorite Jay-Z song uh, I don't know I do not know um oh it's cool he got a song called I do not know <laughs> T.S. ain't supposed to be here today. What are you doing? Same, like, same, same, same. No. For, it might be um, Takeover because oh, it has one of my favorite shit. lines. Yeah. It has one of my favorite lines on there um, that I use like for life, not day to day, but almost sometimes day to day. Which is a wise man told me, don't argue with fools because people from a distant can't tell who's who. Like, that's so great because like there's no reason to like so many times to argue with someone if they're spouting nonsense because it's just like there's no point in arguing with you this is going nowhere like I'm just gonna be the bigger person and fuck it you know right no that's a good ass that's a good ass line too bad the song wasn't better than Ether but I, it's cool um uh, Russell... <laughs> no Ether's better but they're both any okay so... <laughs> Uh, oh, Russ, Renegade. Renegade's the best. No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Russ, you want to? Oh, um, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Uh, the so, bus driver yeah. stepped off the bus, went to <laughs> right. a quick trip, and he got a slurpee. Listen, and... You gotta take hey, them bathroom breaks. No bullshit. Uh, That's how I be too when they when they stay. You be like, what the fuck? Everybody be lost, like okay, so we go, off, bro. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like I got to get to work, bitch. Like okay, but um, but uh, so it's funny because mine are the same, the blueprint and the black album, as far as the tie. Okay. Um, for many reasons, most of them for nostalgic reasons. Um, I I liked the, I guess these songs also remind me of the collab he did with Lincoln Park. Which I think was a great oh, yeah. um, take on the songs he did and how they know them together. Those were pretty dope. Um, but I, if I had to say what my favorite song was by Jay Z on, I guess, one of these albums is um, Heart of the City. I, I just really love that song. Yeah. Okay. okay. It uh, introduced me to uh, Bobby Blue Bland, too. So, uh, oh, really? You know, that, one, that one, yeah. That one has a really. Like to his, I'm like, who was singing this song, yo? This song dope, da da da. And so I went and looked it up, and then got into a whole bunch of his other catalog and stuff like that. But yeah, it's always had a a, a great feel to me. It was, it was always like a driving around the city song. Um, nice. Kind of gets you to relook and we you know refocus on the city. So it was it's always been my like my favorite song. <laughs> Ain't no love, cause I'm driving in the city. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought I'm like, it sounds Ain't like no bombs. <laughs> no, they're cavemen now. <laughs> Look at me, man. Look how Tron is living. I always thought that was CeeLo Green. Uh, <laughs> Didn't Kanye uh, make that, uh, produce that song? Yeah, yeah. So, um, But, yeah, so I want y'all to chime in when y'all hear this. You know, as soon as you hear this uh, post, once we post it, y'all give us your uh, favorite Jay-Z albums. And, uh, you know, shout out to the to the to um, one of the greatest MCs of all time, you know, for doing this thing. But 
on to another greatest MC of all time who learned from that greatest MC of all time, Little Wayne. Dwayne Carter, the second, actually. Actually, I think he's a junior, but either way. Um, so, <clears throat> October 31st, 2009 was a scary day for many, many reasons. Not only was it the annual celebration of Hollow's Eve, but it was a time where the rapping monster Dwayne Carter, also known as Lil Wayne, was at the height of his career. Stealing rappers' beats and murdering, murdering them. It was without a sad time because he found Drake. I'm just kidding. You are really busting up my my thing here. Uh, <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just kidding. Stealing rappers' beats and murdering them without care. And on this day, he released what is considered by some to be his greatest body of work, No Ceilings. The format had been done before, but it was perfected by Fifty Cent and mastered by Lil Wayne. Especially in No Ceilings. And this format is of taking someone's beat, something we heard on the radio, flipping it and making it your own, making it not just rapping to it, not just rapping a freestyle to it, but maybe making it a whole new song. Rapping for a whole three, not just giving you one verse, but giving you a whole three minutes, a whole new vibe than what we had heard from the radio version. The mixtape broke records and was one of the highlights of the mixtape art form during that last decade. So much so that he released a follow-up on Thanksgiving Day in 2015 to good but not great reviews. And five years and one day later, he has released No Ceilings 3, now hosted by DJ Khaled. So the question is... Why is he going to put some ceilings in? Because this is ridiculous. <laughs> so the question the is... sunroof or something. Right, the sunroof. It's raining in here. <laughs> a, a sunroof, a, a little a visor on your ass. He said a sunroof or something. Um, put a tarp over it, just and just turn it One down. One of those uh, carnival tents, right? Exactly. Under construction. Okay, cap this shit up, man. Damn. Um. So the question is, does it add to the legacy of No Ceilings, or does this one subtract from it? So, my pod. Cody, we know you have not listened because you are a young scamp. But, uh, Russell. I had better artists to listen to. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I guess they had ceilings on them, huh? Um, <laughs> Russ, I, What's this wall doing here? Um, <laughs> what is this wall doing? <laughs> Why so is that my, impression, <laughs> my impression of the, uh, of the mixtape album body of work, whatever you want to call it. Um, I didn't think it was bad. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't think it was the best Wayne we've ever heard. Um, a lot of the songs really made me, I guess the word of the day is nostalgic, because yeah, um, yeah. it really made me think of older Wayne, like it, yeah. the way he was rapping, his cadence, um, some of the beat selection. It was like, yo, okay, yeah, I'm feeling it. You know, Wayne is back. And then other songs, it's like, okay, what is this? Right. Um, so it was like it was like a really mixture of things that was like, uh, this could have been better. This was nice. I like this. I like this beat. Da 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 da. Um, but the way I guess the way I listened to it, because a lot of places didn't have the individual tracks and stuff like that. So I just kind of listened to it all the way through. Um the transitions from how they did that really made it hard to decipher which track was which. 
So it was like, I can't really tell you. Oh, I like this track. You know, I like this this song. Um, There's one with Ludacris, and I thought he was, it was like, is, is Luda coming back, yo? Because um, it was like, this song's He's a contractor nice. now. He's got to put some scenes in. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. You said it was one with Ludacris on No Ceiling yeah, 3? Yeah, that's what, listen, I listened to like four different versions of this album, G. <laughs> throughout the week. And there was a song up there with Ludacris up there. Wait, and I, was I didn't like, know there was different versions of this album. Listen, I did plenty of research on this album. Um, there was a, Ludacris, a song, well, it, it sounded like Ludacris. I want to say it's Ludacris, but it sounded like Ludacris rap sound and everything. But there was like a bunch of different songs up there, like 21 tracks, right? 20, 21? 20, yeah, 20, 20, yeah, 20 tracks. 20 tracks. 21, 21. Now there was there was there was a guy, <clears throat> I think his name was um there was a there was a guy, a couple of different verses that I was like, who is this? But but I'm pretty sure it wasn't Ludacris. Um there's a guy on here named Jay. Oh my god, what's his name? No. <laughs> no, his name is like Jay. It's a guy on here named I think um Vice Nope, yeah. nope, nope, nope. I, like, I, like, I did my research, man. I just don't know who it sounded like. It was no, it really, really sounded like, <laughs> like there's, a dude, there's a dude on here, um, might be something added up there, but yeah, it was a couple times that uh, and some other shit, like uh, like drive bys, um, featuring vice versa. Mm-hmm. That that might have been the dude I think who we thought him. There's a dude, YD, there's a dude, uh, Jay Jones. On here, and then there's a dude, uh, Euro. They all kind of sounded weird. What I feel like the verse that you heard would have been one of them, mm-hmm. um, and you would have thought it was Ludacris because they're, I think, I really want to say that vice versa dude is the one who I was like, I think he sounds like Ludacris, but um, because um, yeah, it made me really think, like, is Dog coming back? Like, <laughs> <laughs> him too, shit. Fast and Furious movies are all over us, right? right. <laughs> But it, but like I said, I don't think it was like a like a terrible album or something like that. I you know give it maybe a six or seven. Um, but it, it was like okay, you know Wayne still got it sometimes. Um, right, right. No, I feel it. But yeah, that's, that was my take on it, yo. Okay, okay. Um, so I'm just gonna get right into it with with with, with the uh, reviews. I'm best songs. We're gonna do best songs because. Um, Production-wise, it's all production that we, you know, kind of have heard and, you know, but, so V8, coming out the gate. So just because I didn't listen to it means I can't, like, am I saying what I think about the album? I feel it. Oh, okay. I, I mean, uh, what do you think about the album, Cody? I don't what? know, I didn't listen to it. All right. <laughs> um, so, me up. V8 is the first song on the album, and it's actually done to the We Paid song by Little Baby and 42 Doug. Um, I was not a fan of this uh, song originally, but Lil Wayne did what he does best on his mixtapes, and he claims the beat as his own. Um, mm. I love when he comes in and he says, "Young Tune." <laughs> he says, um, "And y'all gotta forgive me because I'm trying to remember how um, the flows on here go." But he said, "Young Tune, nigga, I'll wipe your bitch. Best best rapper alive, I'll write your shit. All that capping, I'll wipe your little pussy ass niggas to write to write in your clip. <laughs> like it's just." When you get when Wayne gets into these little modes where he just he just like feels a beat, he just starts spewing some shit, dog. And that was he was started with that line like little pussy ass niggas writing your clip. I'm gonna turn I'm gonna turn up a little more this time. Who used to say that boy? <clears throat> he before his time. 
I already knew what you did last time. I was sending in the sun and let my woes and them shine. <laughs> like he just get to get to spazzing. Like he keeps going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Smith roll on the floor. It's fine. Two tone AP. <clears throat> Two tone AP on. I'm bust. Rose go. Rose go. Hubo looking like Russ. All black Hubo looking like us. Clear white diamonds looking like pus. <laughs> Watch face look like a motherfucking pizza. And I got diamonds all in that crust. <laughs> Thinking I might know, nigga. I must <laughs> like dog. When Lil Wayne get on his shit, bro, and he gets to just flowing and kind of get into these little crazy freestyle modes, he say some shit, bro. Like that all black Hublot looking like us clear white diamonds looking like pus like the way he was just on some shit, bro. And I love it. I love when Wayne get like that, man. So that was one of my favorites on here. Uh, the BB King freestyle. This is actually mm-hmm. an original original beat produced by Hollywood Cold and uh, Hollywood Cole and Boy Wonder. Um, but this is an actual single. Um, for something that's, that is to come, apparently, Wayne featuring Drake here. So staying true to the no ceilings tape, Lil Wayne, he throws in an original song in the mix with the Borrow Records. Neither he nor Drake disappoints, but Drake really runs this one. Um, so he can, Drake has the first verse, and he says, <clears throat> I've been an only child, I don't need siblings, and I'm past them like the times he's living in. He says, I've been an only child, don't need siblings, and I'm past him like the times that he's living in. Okay, man, if you saw what I flew here in, you would think he's sickening. He's sickening. If you're not running, if you're not running some top, we're not gonna keep kicking it. Classics. I keep scribbling. Lights in the Universal Building. Just keep flickering. Money just keep coming in. You would think I'm Irish the way that it stays doubling. Like, say what you want about Drake, but that motherfucker has lines when he want to get his shit off. And I think. <laughs> This is somebody has, has, has tweeted about this and said uh, it sounded like it sounded like Drake got his BlackBerry again, and I like that shit. <laughs> we said it, was, it sounded it sounded like that old Drake, and he was he definitely had some lines in this whole shit, man. Um, but Wayne also comes in and he does his thing too. He says, "You fucking with my math, you better know some trigonometry, cause I'm a cause I'm gonna be busting, leave your llama being at your mama feet. I flip the economy like Dominique Dawes. They say I'm tripping. I guess they wishing I finally fall like." Wayne, bro, can we stop and just give Wayne his credit as an MC sometimes, bro? Like, I don't like how people be acting like Wayne can't. It's a lot of niggas that say Wayne just be saying shit. Like, he don't, like, bro. Like, I don't know. Just the bounce, just the, like, multi-syllable bounce of that. You better know some trigonometry because I'm going to be busting it. Busting, leave your llama being at your mama feet. Like, I don't know. I, I fuck with Wayne. Heavy, and I think we don't give him enough credit sometimes for his just ability to rap, man. But uh, so that's one of my favorite. Deep end, deep end, e n d. Um, he did this one to "Body" by Summer Walker. I loved this track off of Summer Walker's amazing release last year. It was one of my favorites, and here Wayne take a stab at it in the OG melodic rap way that he started and only he can was great. However. <laughs> <clears throat> what I did not like is I did not like at all how this version of the beat sounded like he got it off YouTube. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> That's how it sounded? Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fuck you, man. <laughs> it was scratchy as a bitch. Whack. Your beats? Whack. <clears throat> Your ceilings? Whack. Unforgettable. <clears throat> <clears throat> Shit. <clears throat> all right. Your lack of tea? Whack. Your lack of tea. <laughs> no limited honey. Whack. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I didn't like how that beat sounded like he got off YouTube. I feel like he's Lil Wayne and he should be able to hit up the producer and say, hey, I want to put this on No Silence Mixtape. I need you to let send me over the original uh, WAV files or some shit. Like, Lil Wayne, you should you should throw your weight around a little bit. Um, but I love the simple and slash repetitive like chorus and the second verse um, because it, it stays simple, it stays melodic. He's not doing too much, but it, the way he's kind of like delivering this is, you know, the kind of that thing that he made popular and that other people are now using as a trend in rap. But I like the second verse. He says, "You tell me, you tell me I'm wrong, cause when I'm right, it only makes you mad. But you want what you want. How come I only want you bad?" It's crazy how you drive me crazy. I think I finally met my match. I know this ain't how my mama raised me, but I done got too attached. Now, it's again, it's simple because he's using it as a, like a little time to be melodic and kind of sing to you. You know, you don't expect an RB record to be, you know, bar heavy. Um, but I like the way he does this because the beat has like that deep bump to it. And then once you put in that slow, like, Wayne auto-tune, it just uh, creates for a good moment of music. So I like the deep end. It's one of my favorite. Um, you know, you can kind of vibe and kind of ride to it at the same time. Uh, Lamar, which this song he did um, to take over, <laughs> ironically, by Jay-Z. Uh, but Lamar is a reference to Lamar Jackson from uh, the Ravens, their quarterback. He is always running. He's always, like, that motherfucker's fast. He's like a, reminds me of like a Mike Vick, you know. But, you know, better in, in this generation. Um, it was nice to see Wayne, you know, throw some classic shit, rap shit in there um, and play with this beat. He definitely doesn't disappoint um, when he says, take over, the break's over. Hit your brakes because the race over. I'm I'm the case closer. Bust your whole face open. Bust, we said, bust your whole fucking face open. That's a makeover. Lean make every soda, grape soda, purple taste golden. Make me <laughs> purple taste golden. Make me have my skater skate over you, over to your place, soldier. You play soldier. You a snake. You a fake cobra. You ain't safe. The safe spot. You ain't safe. Have the safe open. I need payola on your knees, nigga. Where the keys? I'm like Beethoven. Like bro, like again, like Wayne, bro. Like that on your <laughs> knees, nigga. Where the keys? I'm like I'm like Beethoven. And when he said the, the the snake line, he's like, "You a play soldier? You a snake? You a fake cobra? Come on, man! It's yeah, like GI Joe, right? Right? Come on, like, bro. And see, that's what I'm saying. Niggas ain't even gonna catch. You're not catching the GI. You got to be a smart nigga like Russell, or you know, whatever <laughs> to to catch the fact that this is like a whole uh, metaphor for an entendre for like GI Joe, bro. Like, come on, man. Like Wayne, we give him his credit, bro. Uh, Peggy Bundy." Um, he did this one to say something by uh, Moneybag Yo. He said, I, I, well, I love this because he seems back to true form here. That's why I like this one. The the way Wayne bounces on this beat shows me he still is able to hang with the best of them. And mm-hmm. I love the way he just kind of like does a little thing. You know, it, it, the bounce is simple, but just does his thing on there. Um, and I love he says, um, ain't no pillow talking, ain't no discussion. But she says, you're going to hold me. Okay, he said, ain't no pillow talking, ain't no discussion. But she said she gonna hold me down like a button. But none of these hoes can't hold water in a bucket. She dropping shit monthly, period. Oh, all these hoes want is material. Ooh, Kobe died. Shit all mysterious. Damn, bro bitches get, started getting weirder. Damn, like the way he's bouncing. When, you, when, you, when you're listening to the song, the way this bounce is coming off is, but I know these hoes can't hold water in a bucket. She dropping shit monthly, period. Oh, all these 
All these hoes want is material. Ooh. Kobe that shit all mysterious. Damn. Bro, we just stay getting weirder. Damn. Like the way he's bouncing it. Bro, niggas start disappearing. Yeah. Rich nigga ain't <laughs> miss a meal. No. Bro, we just start interfering. Damn. I get high and incoherent. Damn. I don't know why. Just bitch, bitch ass Siri. Yeah. Like the whole bounce is that young nigga bounce, but it's what nobody, everybody fails to realize is that Wayne created this whole style. So when he's doing it, the way I'm rapping it to you and the way you hear from Wayne is so effortless. That nigga sound like a period. Yeah, I'm in the end. Whoa. Like that whole shit, like when you listen to it and shit, like he really just takes the beat and and I like the way he kind of like rides it. He doesn't have to overthink it. He's just doing it. You know what I'm saying? Um, Three-Headed Goat. This is the last one. This is one of my favorites. But this one, um, he did this beat. The beat uh, Three Headed Goat by Lil Dirk featuring uh, Lil Baby and Polo G. Wayne did his thing in this one. Um, but he got multiple single liners in this bitch. Like, and I like I like that song for this for this reason. He says, um, bitch, you can get so left, so bitch, get me right. You got it. No, he said, bitch, you can get so left, so bitch, get me right. You gotta impress me. Her little bitch walking around with her titties out like she trying to bre- like she trying to breastfeed. Police, <laughs> police raided my spot. They saw it was me and took selfies. Play with them guns. Soon as they pop, I'm gonna hit my target in front of a broad, in front of her daughter, in front of his da- in front of his broad, in front of his daughters. I'm so remorseless. And then he goes on to say, heard that you and, and them niggas you with ain't no joke. My niggas laugh out loud. Like it's simple one liners here. But the whole shit is just built up. And, like, that's, it, it reminds me, it reminds me of one of my current favorite rappers, Young Thug. She stuck on this dick on the plane, so I just call her Airhead. Wayne is Young Thug's idol. Also, Young Thug is on here in Out West. Young, that song, Young Thug, was already on for the Travis Scott uh, Jack Boys album. They took that beat. Young Thug redid everything he did. He everything he did on Out West is different, and that I really was disappointed in that song. I wanted to have good things to say about that song, but I was really disappointed in the fact that uh, him and Thug didn't. They did Thug what Thug and Wayne do: sing and rap. And you could just tell that they were both in, you know, them them coming together as like a natural fusion, like on some you know Go Tunks type shit or some shit like that. But it, it made sense. But at the same time, it was just like this is a bad song. So. But once again on this song though, it was Corey Guns who took who took it over with the fire ass verse. This verse from top to bottom was stupid good. That makes me want to listen to more Corey. He says, Can't survive in my element if you never been in stride with the lions and elephants. When they free all my niggas, then wherever Wayne be, that's where I'm flying the felons in. They be rhyming so predi- so predicate. Then when you see him in person, they be quiet and delicate. And his voice changes. It goes up when he says that. He says, Until somebody die for the death of your brethren. I cannot buy what you're selling in. We met on we met on the Mandalay. She lives in San Jose and she visiting town with a friend today. When they hop in the Mandalay, we about to fuck over some mandolin, champagne, and some creme brulee. Like, bro, <laughs> Corey was clowning, bro. Whole verse, bro. Corey was Corey was fucking clowning, and I just love when niggas be on that rap shit with Wayne, bro. Like niggas make bring some of the best shit out of Wayne when they. You be on a on a job. Overall, though, overall, it's always nice to hear Lil Wayne do his thing musically. This is some. There are some great beat selections here, as to be expected. But also, there are a few 
<laughs> there are a few beats on here that I really did not like. I really didn't feel. There are some bars on this tape that leave my eyes wide because I think, damn, Wayne was still on point. And then there are some lines that I'm like, man, we didn't need that. So for me, there's a lot of filler, a lot of filler in this uh, 2020 track uh, tape that makes it mm -hmm. longer, that makes it way longer than it needs to be, including Khaled hosting and speaking at all here. We didn't need none of that. Then there's also uh, the songs done by all three of Lil Wayne's sons, which I did some research on. So I, just so I, just so people who listen to this pod can appreciate, you know, the research. Lil, Lil Toon, he did the song Flames. That is Dwayne Carter III. He is 12. He is the son, son that he has with uh, the radio broadcaster Sarah Vivian. Is Wayne's first son, born in 08. Uh, young Carter, that is his son, Neil. He's 11. Um, and he is with, he did the song Hollywood. So Young mm -hmm. Carter did the song Hollywood. Uh, his 11-year-old son, Neil, with his um, former fiance and on and off again girlfriend for a while, uh, Nivea, who was also married to uh, The Dream. And I believe Wayne broke up the marriage. But this, uh, this is not a gossip hour. Anywho, young Cam Carter, his son Cameron, who's 11, with Lauren London. Yes, he had both um, Neil and Cameron a few months apart. Um, he did the song Cam, which was to the sicko mode beat by Travis Scott. These songs are not bad, and they sound like you would expect them to sound from coming from 11 and 12-year-olds. At first, um, I wanted to call them Wasted Tracks. Only because this is no ceilings three, man. But then you think about Wayne's history compared to other rappers, and you realize he got signed to Birdman at the same age, and went on to become mm -hmm. one. Of, went on to become one of the greatest rappers by age twenty five. So right. after thinking about that, thinking about it like that, these songs begin to make more sense to me. And the gesture of passing the game down to a son, his sons, all three of them, becomes evident. So. I think my biggest gripe of all about this mixtape is that it's called No Ceilings. The first No Ceilings was such a moment in time. Wayne was a few months away from his 10-month stint in Rikers Island for a gun charge, and he was the biggest rapper in the world. He was spazzing to get some shit off for the last time before prison. Like, I can kind of understand the No Ceilings, too, because he was going through multiple things with, with Baby at the time and trying to get out of that contact, contract and all the shit that was going on with Carter Five being delayed repeatedly um but all the multiple versions can ruin the legacy legacy uh it's happening with the dedications at this point to me and i think dedication one and two are uh some of my some of my favorite shit from wayne but it's happening with the dedications which i think they're about to be on dedication seven if they aren't already and somewhat with the carter albums because he could have stopped at three and now the No Ceilings tape, like he even says, No Ceilings Three with my mind on four on the BB King freestyle. No, we don't want that. Just call it something else. So Weezy fucking baby does it does in fact give us what we have grown to love him for, and that's mixtape Wayne. But what we once used to be waiting on the edge of our seats for is now something that I kind of wish he would have kept cooking for a little f longer. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
So on that note, I am going to give this album seven megaphones. Not bad, not great. Missing something. I want more or less, and you know that's where it's, that's where I'm at with it. <laughs> seven megaphones. Yeah. Right, I was just gonna say. <laughs> this has uh, been brought to you by Chapstick. Shitty sushi. Mm. <laughs> All right, is it on me? Oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, sorry, I'm sorry. It's time for reciprocity. <laughs> All right. So, uh, first off, of course, that good old shout out time. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <let's>... <laughs> Let's, <laughs> let's talk about Lit. Um, that's a Leaders Igniting Transformation. Uh, it's a leadership training and advocacy group for young people of color. They challenge social norms, current institutions for the better treatment, education, and legislation for people of color. Um, we have many campuses across the state of Wisconsin with the ambition to go countrywide, and hopefully, I hope they reach international and global levels. Um, there is a donation feature on their website as well as an additional information. Um, I definitely think uh, people should go check them out. Um, a couple of their recent wins are reaching a thousand plus leaders in their program and pushing the registration of 10,000 people plus um, to vote in the most recent uh, election. So kudos to them. Um, mad love for all the things they do. Um, please check out the website at litwi.org. And again, that's the Leaders Igniting Transformation Group. Um, now, I'm not sure if I prefaced this last week with what I wanted to talk about. Uh, of course, you guys know, <laughs> um, based on our group conversations during this week, um, that I wanted to speak about um, consistency. Um, as it seems to still be some real mystery or in some cases, lazy, entitled thinking on the parts of some people in regards to what they believe consistency entails. Um, so I was writing this yesterday, um, just kind of putting, putting words and thoughts together. Um, and I'm not even sure if I really go into the consistency thing as, um, I think I've, I went down a different path, but we'll get, we'll get to that. Um, so let me pre-preface this with, um, it seems like I've been having the same conversation over and over with uh, people on the internet, which is probably stupid to do. Um, and then with some, some of my friends, you guys included, um, and some that I've recently reconnected with, um, Congra- which is pretty funny. Congratulations <laughs> to them because they're fucking lucky, <laughs> bitch. I appreciate that. Um, but the conversation that continues to resurface is <coughs> regarding relationship standards of today versus the past and even what they might look like in the future. Um, so now I, I do want to say that a lot of these common traits that I'm going to talk about that I haven't seen in any of you gentlemen pre- uh, um, openly, I should say, in public places, you know, whatever you do in your your homes and privacy relationships as a business. But um, I am confident that you have the decency to act civilized in front of people around your, you know, your mates and everything like that. So 
these specific traits and things that I'm talking about, I don't think really relate to you guys. Um, Yay. And that's a good thing. (laughs) So, uh, McCoy, your status recently about the differences um, between uh, current relationship and relationships to the past um, brings up some good points. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> I'm um, like, oh, shit, he's been watching me. <laughs> well, it popped up, and then, you know, I, I really hate to get into, like, internet debates and stuff like that. I, yeah. I mean, if we're going to talk about it, we're going to talk about it, but yeah, not the, the internet is definitely not the place I want to talk about it. Um, and so I think it's, you know, it's a good point, but there are some other things that should be discussed with how different the dating, relating, and mating game is today. Um okay. The, the post um, was that the argument was that the older generations felt they had, capital letters, to stay and make shit work. I believe that's the quote yep. to that effect. Yep. Yes, um, a feeling of being trapped, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I look at that, um, let's say, uh, in, a, in a couple of different ways um, as far as that, that, that trap thing goes and how they had to stay. Um, yeah, as, as I always do, dark and the light. <laughs> right, right, right. No. <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> All right. So um, one can see this way as they had to do so because they had no choice, being stuck with that person because of children, because of circumstance. Um, on the other hand, they had to stay because of honor and archaic concepts of the light that were binding them together. Right. Um I um, also want to throw in this point that a lot of people have the misconception that marriage is something that has to do with the legal system, and it was not initially instituted by any government. Um, it was actually instituted in a religion. Um, and back then, religion had nothing to do with government. Uh, they were always kind of kept separate um, right. to kind of keep some type of balance. Um, and so in Christian belief, it is God who initiates this covenant uh, or institution as a covenant between the couple couple and God with witnesses around in regards to them being faithful stewards over each other through different given situational possibilities. You know, that's why you have the line is sickness and health, spiritual yeah. poor to yeah. death, we start and stuff like that. And it's honestly the progressing younger generations that cause the government to get involved and get involved with taxes and money, because that's what the government is always about. It's always money hungry. Um, So the initial covenant was supposed to be, you know, to whatever divine being you were attached to, to say, because of this person that you gave to me, I wish to connect myself and my soul to them in order to protect them, to support them, to love them. And, you know, that's what the covenant was originally supposed to be for, um, and for some, it is still a grand achievement for them um, because it symbolizes the start of the family, the legacy, and many other things. Right. But as you stated in your um, in your post, you know, love definitely should be the goal. Um, there should be, you know, it, it, it may not hold the marriage together um, because there is a lot of hard work that goes into relationships and into marriages and keeping them together. But I think a lot of people would jump into that um, way too quickly thinking that love is going to conquer everything or uh, this should be such an easy thing or we don't need titles, da-da-da-da. But there are certain boundaries and things that people need to have in place 
or they won't adhere to the contract. Basically. Right. And I think um, if I can interject just uh, really quickly. Um, so uh, uh, the po the you know, the post and I mean, you guys, uh, I can actually post this to the group uh, as well today. Um, so that when you guys hear this, you can um, take a look at the post itself. But um, yes, I, I, I definitely, definitely am aware um, that marriage is the foundation of marriage is in religion. And as um, I wouldn't say I'm anti-religion, but as a person who doesn't consider himself a religious person, mm-hmm. um, this is one of those things where I wish, you know, it could have stayed in the realm of religion because mm-hmm. I guess the be- the best part about religion is that it um, promotes, I feel like, um if you are focused on having a relationship with, with your deity or your God or your creator or, you know, that being, it promotes love mm-hmm. and, 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 and goodwill towards um, other human beings at the mm-hmm. forefront. And so when I say, you know, I, I agree 100% when you say love cannot, love won't, love can't be the only thing. Right. But I feel it should be the, the starting foundation and the biggest portion because if I love you, if I truly love you and I'm aware of that and I'm truthful about that and I'm not marrying you because um, I'm in a, a family where, you know, we're super religious and no sex before marriage and that type of thing. And I'm trying to, you know, which a, I've met a lot of older people who said they got married because they wanted to have sex and they weren't able mm-hmm. to do that without, you know, to them without being married first. And so they enter these agreements where, you know, you know, a marriage is something way bigger than just you getting, you being able to have sex. So, um, but I know, right. um, I've had this conversation with multiple people who said, yeah, no, we got married just so we could, you know, do it, you know? Right. And, and that's the, the misconception with, um, a lot of religious practices, um, because that is tradition. It has nothing to do with the scriptures right. that, right. um, they're basing these things off of. A lot of people, um, try to quote that one scripture. I think I want to say it's in Romans. I'm not completely sure. Uh, where Paul says that it's very to marry than to burn. And what he's actually talking about is to burn with desire, not burn in hell, um, which oh, people wow. take literally. Um, <laughs> so it's it's better to marry than to burn with desire, from, like basically burn out right. uh, on desire of somebody. It's, it's still the, because um, the Bible promotes uh, moderation and everything, be moderate. Don't allow something to overtake you to the point where you can't think freely, you can't act freely, because um, contrary to popular belief, God is a strong um, purveyor, enforcer, I won't say enforcer, but promoter of free will. He wants everything to be the person's choice. Um, He says in a lot of scriptures that I set before you life and death, blessings of persons, this and that. Um, and I want you to choose for yourself. Whatever your choices will have consequences as they are supposed to do, but I'm not the one to force you into anything. I want you to choose it. I want you to be able to choose it yourself because he made us in his image and likeness and he gave us that authority. Um, So the things that a lot of people say in church um, and different religions are not actually scripture-based on their scriptures. there are actually a lot of traditional phrases that are are intelligent sounding, that are wise sounding, but don't necessarily mean that it's scripturally based. Um, and my pop was the one who kind of pushed me into that realm of learning, where it's like, yo, we say a lot of things in church that sound good, 
but may not be scripturally sound. And so oh, you have to read and study for yourself to know what it really is scripture and what just sounds good and may be intelligent to do in certain situations, but does not and should not be attributed to the Bible. Right, right. What about, right. What about uh, premarital sex, though? They say, like, it's a sin. Well, um, you got to look back in the, in the in the times of, of when, like, marriage and everything was instituted. They usually had multiple wives. Um, and usually had sex first before they got married, honestly. Hey, it's you could, you it's could a even, thing to... Oh, I was going to say, uh, even the, like, what is it, the concubine thing, where didn't Abraham mm-hmm. have to, like, impregnate his concubine because his wife couldn't have... Um, well, he was in he was in disobedience in that way because he was really supposed to be waiting on God, but he was like, yeah, God, I got this. You know what I'm saying? You know what? Girl over here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he caused a lot of hardships for people because of that. Um, but because God is a man, you know, this person of his word, um, he was like, I'm still going to take care of this child because he's still your child. I made his promise to you that I would protect and keep your children. So, you know, even though you did, you know, you disobeyed baby and this child is created in disobedience, I'm still going to take care of him because I said that and because I need to be true to my word. Um, so even in that transgression, God is still God in, 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 in how he operates. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, like I said, everything in moderation, because you usually, and this is where we get into like soul ties and things of that nature, um, someone you lay down with, you lay down with all their energy, all their spirit, all their vibe, whatever you want to call it, and that transfers of energy does have side effects. It does have effects to where um, you find yourself longing for them more, wanting to see them more, having an effect um, that you did not readily first think would happen. And especially with someone that you'd have an emotional attachment with, those soul ties are very strong. So it's, it's always you should be careful with who you share yourself with because you don't know if you'll be able to cut that soul tie. Um, and which is why they try to encourage people to wait till after marriage when you're sure that this is a person that you want to spend the rest of your life with in order to do sex. Now, it was an institution um, by the church to prevent people from basically ruining their lives, ruining their psyches, because sex has that possibility. And, and honestly, it is a strong possibility. So these were things that were traditionally put in place to help children grow up into responsible adults um, and not just thoroughly engage in all the vices and, and lusts of the flesh, basically. Oh, hmm. Now... You have some institutions, like I said, who take it a step further, and they institute it as ordinances and and guidelines for their for their practice, um, in order to, I guess, thoroughly train someone in order to to be able to make that decision. But I think the the um, the loss or the the what's the word I'm looking for um, the negative consequence in that is that the church doesn't preach everything that they should around those said subjects. Oh. Like, it's okay to be like, yeah, drugs are bad, sex is bad, da 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 But you also have to be like, okay, look, so when you get older and you get to a point where you can understand these things, sex necessarily isn't bad, but you should be aiming for such a success. You know what I'm saying? Like, give right. them more information about right. why these things are in place as far as, like, there are um, um, diseases you can catch pregnancy is a thing and you know 
you may not be in the position where you can take care of that da, 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 da. Yeah. and do everything in love because that's what the church is supposed to be based off of love yep and i think um and i think uh you know that can be a a, a spot where um at least my my you know running not run, i won't want to call them run-ins but my um interacting interactions done in and around religion and, and um in in particular the church one mm-hmm. i've noticed that you know people when people ask too many questions it can be you know kind of written off as as disobedience in and of itself as opposed to mm-hmm. you have the you have really good pastors and really good preachers and people who are you know children of you know Christ and who really like like want to follow in his you know his ways and they will mm-hmm. be the people who will really impart wisdom or or give you the give you the why or answer those questions mm-hmm. or kind of go into that dialogue with you about those things and so I think like the, the way you just said is, is a good example because you know when kids get old enough we give them sex education or you should be giving them some type of sex education in school and things of that nature and so mm-hmm. I think you need to keep that same we need to keep that same type of uh, structure through all mm-hmm. avenues Approach. of life mm-hmm. you know same yes yeah. you know so and I think that's a, a religion uh, would do good we do good to not alienate other you know young people in answering some of those questions at the right time you know so. right 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 I, I totally agree um, what I like about um, certain pastors um, that I've run across, and I think this has been a recurring theme in a lot of people that I talk to, um, and a lot of people that I keep in my circle, is that the best answer you can give someone um, is, I don't know, let's find out together. Because that not only lets them know that, yo, I don't know everything, I'm just trying to learn this as, as you are, right. and also gives them the um, the practice of seeking these things out for themselves to develop their own, um, I would say, conscious about their their um, their religious practice, and to realize that you know this is still a relationship. Thought. Like religion is good, the routine is good. Uh, it keeps you going, it keeps you in certain veins, but the relationship is what you should be really um, focused on. Um, whether it's a relationship with you and the God that you are, um, are in, in uh, I guess, wanting to serve and wanting to follow after um, relationship with yourself and learning who you are, what your goals are, what your ambitions are, what your purpose is, um, and who you really are at the, the, the core of yourself. Because um, we all have those different sides of ourselves, those, those public us, those private us, and those secret us that we have to deal with on a daily basis. And knowing who we are will really open doors for us as well as keep us authentic to what we want to do and where we want to go. Um, and then our relationship with the people around us, um, whether that be friends, whether that be neighbors, whether that be even strangers, how we interact with people. Um, one of the best examples of that to me is um, Keanu Reeves. And I, I love his his spirit and his, and his just, just overall um, persona. Uh, he is such a dope individual, not only, you know, on the screen where he's, you know, doing all these cool things, but in his everyday life where he spent <laughs> one of his birthdays basically um, at a, mu- a muffin shop and he was like buying, I think he was buying coffee or something for people who would come and sit and talk with him. 
um, he, he does these things that are seen by Hollywood and, and even people in general as odd and like very weird, but I think they're very personable and a very caring and just a direct um, representation of who he is as a person. Right, right, right. And I think you get some, you get, uh, some of the best um, moments from people when they're doing those types of, those types of things, especially when they're uh, quote-unquote celebrity. Um, mm-hmm. because I think it kind of brings them down to a level where you get to understand that they too are human. That, 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 uh, even outside of religion, it can be so, so powerful because mm-hmm. you, they offered, you know, the moments to let you know, like, Hey, um, like what I am and what you are, is the same, you know what I'm saying? Like we are saying right. the same type of creature and I, you, you can, you know, um, I guess from afar, you almost can want to say you can see through his interviews and things of that nature um mm-hmm. if they're honest who he is. that yeah who he might be so I, I think that that's dope of him now is he is he religious do you know if he like um practices any religion um i offhand not sure hmm. um yeah I'm, I'm not totally sure um i know he um not positive, but I think he is. Yeah, because I, I want to say I was leading to where he's either Buddhist, Buddhist? or Taoist yeah. or something like that. I was going to say, I thought, um, I, I thought I'd seen something about him being a Buddhist before, but... Yeah, I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm not totally sure. I know because of his martial art practices um, that he was leaning towards that way um, a few years ago, okay. but I'm not completely sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, we kind of got off <laughs> topic here for a minute. Um, there was a, a scripture or there was a quote unquote scripture that was prevalent in the church for a while, but it, it really is just a saying, um, uh, an old adage um, that's not listed in the Bible, um, especially uh, I've done the research and I haven't found any scripture um, in any Bible anywhere that I could find, no concordance or anything. Uh, so if anybody can find and let me know where it is, I'm all about it. Um, researching and learning that it is in the Bible, but it does speak some truth. Um, the phrase is that um, the generations will continue to become weaker but wiser. Um, probably, I don't know if you guys have heard that before. Um, I heard people say it, and I want to hope people say it. Um, and, you know, I mean, like I said, it does speak some truth. You can say we are smarter than the last generations, um, but at times we do appear more fragile and weak. Uh, in mind, body, and spirit. Um, some would even say financially as well, but that's another conversation as I think uh, uh-huh. some boomers some boomers have some explaining to do. Right, exactly. um, But even in those things that we are smarter about, many of us have the knowledge and theory behind it, but no actual application, and can be book smart and common sense stupid, or yeah. um, as my pastor would say, penny smart and dollar stupid. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, the fact of the matter is that now we don't, and this is generally speaking, have that same work ethic, um, fortitude, and strength that older generations did. Um, my grandfather um, was a ridiculously strong man, <laughs> um, but he like um, he um, worked um, 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 on the railroad, so like he laid down the wood and right. the, um, the, um, um, the, the metal spikes and and and, and plants and things of that nature. Um, so I've seen him, you know, do things that are like, yo, that's impossible. You shouldn't be able to do this. Um, but he was 
just that strong. Um, in regards to like relationships, we uh, we we honestly, and I, and I can say this, we honestly don't stay together to make it work. Families, friendships, jobs, exercise. I mean, for me, this is like the fourth time I've gone to school and the first time I'll actually finish um, and get a degree. Um, but I myself had to do some maturing and some pressing of my own to not give up. Um, it's crazy how we live in this flighty, selfish society. Being fearful and quick to run doesn't necessarily mean that we're smarter, um, but it also, again, doesn't mean we're necessarily weaker in some situations. Being able to recognize that things are not right um, is the first step. But whether we should work to fix things because we can't really see the worth in things anymore, um, or whether we should avoid things or leave or run is something that we seem to struggle at. Yeah. And I... And that's why, um, that's kind of why um, I say love. You love the foundation because, of course, mm-hmm. there's still people in our generation in our time. They're gonna make mistakes. They're gonna, you know, do some things and be like, "Damn, I maybe I shouldn't have, you know, gone down this right. path." You know, people are gonna make mistakes, so we aren't definitely aren't perfect in the sense of, you know, <laughs> in the sense of first selection. <laughs> um, right. But I think it, it it speaks like think about our generation and the job market. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when our parents and grandparents and shit, when they were at jobs, it was kind of like an, like like the norm to be somewhere for two, you know, three decades if, if you could find a good job. You know, you would spend your life mm-hmm. working for this company. And mm-hmm. our um, generation, for better or for worse, you know, we'll bounce, we'll bounce around. Um, mm-hmm. And some will call that lacking to commit or, you know, not staying buckling down or, you know, just trying to jump ship, things like, you know, things of that nature. But um, it can also be seen as an opportunity to, to gain more knowledge, to see something, to try something and say, you know, this isn't really, it's a good job, but it isn't really how I want to, now that I've been doing this career for a year or two, I've realized I don't want to go down this path and I'd rather be doing something and, you know, fucking right. building, you know, cars or some shit you know and so some, right. sometimes just living allows for experience but i do understand the idea of you need to find a good a good balance of am i quitting or am i moving on right. you know and you right. gotta find what you want to do too you can't just like just bounce around forever if you're, you're like maybe i'll eventually get a job that i will like and not like dread to go to or something like that but right um then you also run the risk of just like you said just not giving anything enough time for it to develop. Because that's that's the thing here. <coughs> not just I'm jumping from job to job to job to job. It's that I'm not even giving this job time. It's like right. something we don't have the, um, like I said, the fortitude to be like, <clears throat> okay, this is bad now because I'm just learning this and I'm just trying to get into this. It's too hard. Da, 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 da. But we don't give ourselves time to get over that initial hill to see if it's a mountain that we're dealing with or if it's just a plateau. Uh, we don't even allow yeah. ourselves that enough time to really sit and be like, oh, okay, I thought this was harder than it was, but now I understand it, and I can do this. You know what I'm saying? I can even use this to go either up or adjacent. We just like, oh, I don't like this. You know, they don't pay me enough, da-da-da. 
and I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. And it's like the job that I have now, you guys know that was like my dream job. And like I've mm-hmm. been trying so hard for so long. I think I've applied five times within a span of four years. Um, yeah. Within that time, there's other jobs I had in between that yeah. were stepping stones that they the job that I have now looked at is like, oh, that's great experience and blah, blah, blah. And right. um, trying to get ends with, you know, people I know that work there and stuff like that. And it's right. like hard work pays off kind of thing too. Right. And, and that's the consistency thing. That's, that's why I said, you know, I don't see these traits of you guys because I know you guys and I know how you've worked to get to where you are and how your work ethic is. Even having worked with McCoy to know how um, his work ethic is and how he has a heart for people. Um, I, I can see that in you guys. So I don't like readily put these traits on y'all because you know, y'all are the exception to the rule. Um, and that's part of the thing. Like we can't keep, you know, continue to generalize people. Like I said, some of these things are, are super general, but we got to take into account that um, that one percent, that thirteen percent, that twenty two percent, forty nine, eighty seven, whatever the percentage is. Eighty six. Um, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Full circle cycles. <laughs> to to where we're there's always a chance of something not being completely one way or another, or even a third way, um, because that's just how life is. Um, so like I the like, comparison I like, here with like how like persistence and patience or hard work and effort with jobs can also tie in with relationships mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I mean, consistency is a general and a broad idea. Um, it's more than just doing a thing over and over. And uh, I'm looking at you, TS engineering brainhead ass, because I know you can take <laughs> that literally. Um, it has to be more than just that. Just like a workout has to contain more than just motivation and arm. Like, you know, well, many of us are skipping leg day for our relationships and friendships. Not only that, but I saw a good, it was supposed to be a funny, like, meme thing that was like, uh, once you get in shape, uh, no one told me that I got to, like, keep working to stay in shape yeah. kind of thing. Yep. It's like the same thing with working for your relationship or something like that. Like, okay, we're good, but it's like, well, you got to keep fighting and keep working. Right. right. The, one of the, the better quotes I've heard is that, you know, you got to continue to do what you did to get her, to keep her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, keep opening those car doors. Right. <laughs> or bathroom doors, because don't leave, because quarantine. I'm just kidding. Hey, if you guys are walking and there's no doors you have to open. Huh? Huh? Well, you're gonna put her in a wheelchair? What? Wait, wait. Make sure she's on the right side of the street. Right. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> that is so I like, I like this quote. <laughs> Many of us are skipping leg day for our relationships and friendships, especially the ones we hold dear. Um, I thought that was interesting um, because it really speaks to how we're not putting in the quote-unquote legwork in order to keep those things ah, uh, <laughs> as as strong and as 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 connected as they should be. But nowadays, both sides have too much pride and not enough honor, not enough respect, not enough moral fiber, not enough work ethic. We give up too easily because we're afraid of failure when that is what teaches us the most on how to succeed. Um, we're afraid of being hurt because we don't have the mental strength to bounce back and try again and realize that that just made us stronger. But it isn't necessarily a bad thing to walk away, as we stated before. Learning from mistakes of the past is smart, but we cannot cancel everything from the past as there are some lessons that need to be learned in our bodies through experience. Some lessons we do take from our parents, older siblings, cousins, friends, 
and some things we need to understand um, uh, and realize and honor the mortality we carry. Some mistakes we have to make in order to be certain of what we like, don't like, can live with, shouldn't have to put up with. Okay. Um, I agree. That's a so, uh, TS thing. Do not dishonor your family. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the marriage thing, marriage to some is an achievement regarding the type of lifestyle they want to live. And for many things, not just for marriage, but for lifestyle, for um, for job choice, for path choice, we really got to get out of the habit of condemning people for having or not having that goal. Um, whatever that goal is that we hold dear, we got to realize that people don't have the same thing. Um, whether people want babies, cats, dogs, plants, or whatever else that makes them feel complete, yeah. um, let them in a legal and ethical way, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but it may not be an achievement for some, uh, and it may just be the frosting of the, on the cake, but at the, the very root of it, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? Let people live, let love rule, as one of my favorite songs by Lenny Kravitz says. Um, the goal American is, woman. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> the goal is different from many. Just as each individual is unique. Um, as, as we've said in, in plenty other pods, you can't judge a fish by its ability to climb trees. You can't no, call yeah. an elephant unhealthy because it doesn't eat meat. These standards that gauge our genuine humanity should be the ones that we adhere to for ourselves, yeah. not to wave over the heads of others. You definitely can't judge a fish by its cover. <laughs> <laughs> they shed those, okay? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Wait, fish shed, uh, They have to. I'm joking. <laughs> Lobster shed? No. Wait, no. Some right. Shellfish. They come out of them shells at some point. Listen, James fish. Bond is British, uh, okay? <laughs> he might be black. Where and a woman. He's gay. British. You think. Oh man, he's not British. He's a woman. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, she's British. Ah! <laughs> that's Sam. Ah. That's Sam. <laughs> um, so if my brother is off, I'm going to check on him, check with him, but not check him. Um, I'm going to see what's going on with him to see if we can come to an accord or if I need to continue just being an example for him to be able to see. Attacking him because of a misstep or misunderstanding does not build him up, nor help him see the truth I found. Um, that's something that um, I've really been trying to work on, um, especially since I brought to you guys those eight things that a man should be. Yeah. Um, the laundry, the networking. <laughs> he should be laundry. Right. Um, right. I'm like, Gene, there you go again. <laughs> I think I was, I was fishing that episode. No, I'm <laughs> The networking thing really um, resonated with me because a lot of people network for themselves and not for the other person. Um, bringing yourself to the table and be like, you know, what can I do for you? How can I help you? I think is a great way to really show your humanity because it's like, yo, um, I know there are things that you can do for me, but is there something I can do for you? Because not everybody approaches people with that mindset like you know i want to be able to be there for you um and that really changed the way i looked at marketing i mean uh, networking um because 
most people, like you said, they just do it for themselves. Like, yeah, I need you to be my friend so I can give this, 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 and this, and I can help my business grow this, and I can do that. And because of the society we are in, uh, or because of how society has, has changed, everything is so 15-minute-ish, um, 15 minutes of fame, 15 minutes of, of this, quick money fixes and, and things of that nature. But that doesn't really help anybody. Well, yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> I got something to say? Because I was going to say, you, he said, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said um, it doesn't really help anybody for those uh, quick, like, um, I'm sorry, I was, uh, shit. Um, like you said it for like those quick, those quick ch- Quick change. Basically, you were saying like jumping in and out of those quick changes don't really help anybody, right? As far as you know, outside of ourselves, you know what I mean? Well, okay, okay, okay. I mean, okay. As a because I was just saying again, um, experience. Do you feel like you can experience something in a quick moment in time though? Because I feel like you can gain from, even though I do feel like this, like like people pretty much have ADHD when it comes to how we attach ourselves to things at times. But sometimes just peeking into that world for a little bit can be like, you get, I feel like you can gain something from that. Like, okay, you know what? This is, this, this world is a little bit hostile. Maybe I should stay to the left and, or, or this world. Um, key example for me would be, um, J. Cole. Um, he huh. came from a lifestyle, you know, that he wanted to find an out, out in. And when he got there, um, you see how his demeanor changed, how he um, stopped paying so much attention to the Flash yeah. and was like, yo, yeah. there's there's better things that should be, should be looked at. Um, and I feel like it was a quick thing for him because um, it, it, it really, like, changed from album to album. It was like, yo, <clears throat> this is a lot different than <laughs> what you was talking about before. Um, what's mm-hmm. the other cat? Um, is it Walker? Who um, change as far as like um, he doesn't flame anymore possession and stuff like that um, to where he's like you know all this stuff is meaningless um, and he's he's been seen doing a lot of other things that um, are more meaningful to him. He's a um, he's a Waka Flocka. Yeah, yep. was it Waka? It was him. Yeah. Him and um, also uh, Ocho Cinco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually says all his he said all his jewelry is fake. He said. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't wear real diamonds, all keeping zirconia, all that shit. Um, because, oh, hold on one second. Mm-hmm. Do you mean Chad Ochocinco? Or is yeah, it somebody yeah, else? Yeah. Really? Okay, but yeah, he, he said, um, all this shit is fake because he was like, that shit means nothing. He was like, it looks the same. It looks the same and nobody will ever be able to tell the difference. You know, why are you wasting your money on that type of stuff? And, you know, so, yeah, no, that people have those moments and they get to peer into those worlds and they're like, you know what? And then then they just switch up because, like you said, they find that peeking into that world, you know, and he was, um, he wasn't in the NFL as long as certain other people either um mm-hmm. and so it is he said he said he got over that shit within that first like year wow. or two 
It was kind of his own fault. No, right. Nobody would sign him. Yeah, no. But he still tried, and he did arena football in Canada, so. Yeah, no, I'm not. Um, I'm just using, like, the, the amount of time spent. He said after that first year, he realized, eh, he, he, he did it a couple times. And he was like, I'm not about to blow, spend all this money doing this for what? To impress you people. And that's not going to make me whole or anything like that. He was like. You know, like so. I find this hard to believe because he's like one of has one of the biggest egos of anyone I've ever like heard about. <laughs> but that's the thing, and I've never seen it go away either. That's I mean, the thing. He changed his name to it, which was simple. Right. Um, because it's number eighty-five. Like I don't know. I Maybe think you're thinking of someone else. He, Waka Flocka is it? <laughs> but 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 the thing no, about no, it is he has though. He said no, that know, it I'm was. Saying, I just don't believe the Chad Ocho single part. <laughs> the thing, well, the thing about him is that he said. He always has been a weird person. He's always wanted to be different than other people. So he was like, he always did things to to make himself. He didn't want to be right. He didn't want to uh, fall into what the crowd wanted. So he always did other stuff. He said he still, you know, and I follow him a little on Twitter and follow his shit where, um, you know, like the kind some of the current stuff that he's doing. And you know, first, just real quick, us. Being so far removed from these people, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, he is or he isn't, um, right. because you know we all we just get media, you know, media shit. Even in my understanding of him, where he is now, could still be warped because you know I'm looking at it as a, a slight one slight interview, or whatever the fuck. But um, I think that when we're talking about people like Ocho Cinco, we're talking about um, how these people act or how these people move or maneuver. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the growth is what you hope to see. Whether right. they were horrible in the beginning and and and, and changed or didn't know yeah. something and they gained the knowledge, you know, what you want in the at the in the end is that somebody has grown to be a better human being, you know what I mean? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh bringing it full cycles, um being <laughs> persistent and pressing enough to actually go through the lesson process, the growth process, the evolution process. Um and realizing that you know there is some discomfort, some discomfort, excuse me, um, some pain that may come from growing pain, as it's called growing pains for a reason. Um, it's the pain of growth. Um, <clears throat> um, as far as relationships go, you know whether there's you know male or female, there needs to be a de- degree of consistency in order to affect a change. If consistency um, works to affect change, which is interesting. Because you think of consistent as being that same old, same old, same old, same old, but it also always brings about a change. Consistent weightlifting brings about strength, endurance, um, hypertrophy. Uh, it brings about a change in the person who continues to do it. Um, consistent um, terrible health um, patterns uh, or um, health standards, um, you see a change in the person in a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't want to say decaying, but uh, a regressing fashion to where they may get um, heavier, they may get um, fatter, um, they may be bombarded with different health um, issues because they are not consistently taking care of their health. Um, <clears throat> when you're interested in someone, you do things to show that interest and look for things that signify that person is interested in you. If I go to a clothes shop every day expecting something to buy or sell, I'll be disappointed every time. Likewise, if I stay in my house with a million dollars, I'll be the same amount of rich every day with no change, no chance for growth, no chance for loss either. But I have to determine if the reward is worth the risk. However, in my personal opinion, money with no transactional value and no purchasing power is a, is a filthy weight. Um, 
but just to kind of wrap this up because we didn't kind of get along because it's something that we probably talk about all day. Um, Pause. In, in these times where touch, intimacy, shared time, acts of kindness seem to be a more rare commodity, um, let me leave with, just, with this quote by one of my favorite comedians um, and people in general, Patton Oswalt. Um, mm-hmm. It's here where he's um, summarizing and quoting his, his late wife, Michelle McNamara, in, her, in one of her um, quotes that she would always say to him. Um, and he simply states, it's chaos, be kind. Um, and I think that's pretty succinct enough, no? Mm. Okay, okay. Well, Russell, thank you uh, for this prosity. Mm-hmm. Um, before we wrap up, um, I don't have a fucked up story, but I do have an interesting um, fact which, I can give a fucked up story if you want. Yeah, you can go do the fucked up story so I can finish looking up this uh, fact. I just want to pull up that article that I had. So you give us a fucked up, fucked up story. Okay. Um, this, there was kind of a couple. Well, let's just do this one. Uh, headline says, an anti-gay Hungarian politician has resigned after being caught by the police fleeing a 25-man orgy through a window. Wait, what? Wait. <laughs> yeah, the newspaper quoted a local police story say, as saying, we interrupted a gangbang. <laughs> Do you want me to read the headline again? Or... <laughs> yes, yes, yes. An anti-gay Hungarian politician has resigned after being caught by the police fleeing a 25-man orgy through a window. So I Lord sent that to Jesus. TS, and he knows me so well, so he said, I know you didn't read the article, but he was quoted as requesting people to, quote, treat this as a personal matter and not make it public, <laughs> which I responded to. Thank you for being my cliff notes. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, uh, <clears throat> did, I, did I give you enough time to look up what you were thinking or did I make it, it longer? It, pause. It, it, <laughs> uh, apparently for that uh, politician you did. Now, um just this is a random random news factor update so for the last 20 years the pokemon kadabra was not allowed to be printed on on pokemon cards because Mm -hmm. yuri uh geller an um israeli psychic magician who claims to have been spoons with his mind sued pokemon or sued nintendo over the pokemon uh, due to his Japanese name, uh, Yagera, which he claimed was an unauthorized appropriation of his identity. So basically, it hasn't. Well, been- it was it was because this um, Kadabra and Alakazam would uh, um, the cards would show them holding a, a bent spoon. Yep. And those mm-hmm. Julia. So um, as of uh, this last week or two um, legal talks have gone on with uh, Nintendo and he has decided to let them use and print Kadabra um, on the cards um, again after 20 years because basically he says um, he's had so much um, protests or so many requests from fans and things of that nature and he wants to uh, do right by the people so yeah now Kadabra is going to start being printed again um, but I wonder how much one of those original cards are probably worth right a now. A lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm really pissed at myself because uh, when I was a kid, I had all original 151 
Pokemon cards. And then in sixth grade, I had my mom help me sell them on eBay, and it sold for like 28 bucks or something like that. And I'm kicking myself so bad. I had three holographic cards that I don't even know where they are. I don't know if they were stolen, if they were ruined, if I lost them. And they are worth a hefty sum right now. <laughs> well, you better tear that room up. Y'all live in, Don't y'all live in the same house? No. Oh. Um, this was like, this year, this was, this was a long way up. <laughs> You just got rabbit from your Pokemon cards this year? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> no, I, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> Man. Well, and on that note, this has been episode 86 of Not Politically Correct, um, featuring no C Nova. <laughs> he do not have us. Um, but, <laughs> he does not possess us. Right. See <laughs> <C> nowhere. Right. <laughs> you know he not here. Um... <laughs> It's your boy, Rimacoy, a.k.a. Mr. What It Do, a.k.a. Young Splash God. Um, you can find me on Twitter at RimacoyKPZ and on Snapchat at RimacoyRebelCody. Hi, I'm Cody. See the recording everything. Russ. Barman. <laughs> Universal. Smooth Fingers. Cool Wars Q. Progenitor. Rest of us. <laughs> you can find me on the stuff that I said at the beginning, so you're going to have to watch this and let's do it again. <laughs> Man, it's been a good one. It's been a good one. You guys missed out. And by you guys, we mean TS. And on that note, gang.